A full-time soldier and warriors on the water, we're joined today by members of the Army Outdoor team, Josh Watkins and Daniel Hodge. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this episode on the OneCast. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. Welcome back to the OneCast, folks. My name is Trey, joined with Ben and Pete. To my left, your right. We want to take this time to thank you guys for so much for the support and plug that shameless plug, right? Oh, yeah, run, exactly. Run shameless plug. Hey, check it out. If you want to join the Snagless Revolution, head on over to OneCastFishing.com. Use the code THEONECAST to save 10% at checkout and keep supporting small businesses here in America. We really appreciate it. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to the guests we have on here, a professional angler in the United States Army. It's a job I wish I could always have. But before we get there and bring them in, I do, I do have to say I appreciate everyone, and we all appreciate everyone who stepped by the booth uh, last week at the, at the Bassmaster Classic. Great meeting you all, and hopefully uh, we'll be seeing you all again uh, next year at the Classic, which has been released. It's in uh, Tulsa, so it's going to be out in Oklahoma. So That's right. Be a little drive for us, but we'll make it happen. <laughs> we're, we're not going to talk about the results because we're actually recording this the week before. So we don't know who won yet, but we will. Uh, we do appreciate everybody stopping by. It was great to see you, and I can say that before it's even happened. So thank you all. Uh, there might be some uh, some stickers floating around. Pete, might, we could have played that off. They would have no, never done no, it. I'm too honest. I'm too honest. But uh, we, there might be some stickers floating around for the one cast. The first one's... Uh, Went out with some orders last week, so if you do order for one cast fishing and use that code, uh, th those stickers are going in the boxes, and then we're going to have a bunch of them at the Classic to hand out to folks, so uh, hopefully you stop by and got one. But I'm excited for today and uh, and talking to these guys, and maybe I'd, if I knew I could have bass fished in the Army, I might have signed up when I was in high school. Well, well, let's talk about that. So, folks, we have uh, we had Mr. Master Sergeant Josh Watkins and Sergeant First Class Daniel Hodge joining us today, members of the Army Outdoor Team. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you guys? Man, we are doing great. This is an opportunity that we think is going to benefit everybody listening and watching this show. Um, just want to jump right into it. So, I, I didn't I didn't mess up any of your names, right? So we got Josh, we got Daniel. Um, you guys want to break it down and introduce yourselves and, and talk a little bit about what's going on? Yeah, so uh, it's our first class, Daniel Hodge. Um, I'm from Colorado originally, moved to, Cal moved to Virginia. That's where I kind of got into the outdoor side. Um, started fishing, started hunting, uh, joined the Army. I've been in the Army for 15 years, and... I'm excited to be on the same. I've been on the outdoor team for about a year now, and it's been amazing. The best job in the army. <laughs> you don't <laughs> say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's not the the sarcastic. I got the best job in the army. That's really I got the best job. No, that's too cool, man. Yeah. So uh, hey, thanks, thanks guys for uh, you know allowing us some time to uh, you know pitch our mission and what we're about. Um, but yeah, my name is Josh Watkins. I'm originally from Southern Illinois, uh, not much down there. Um, but I grew up hunting, fishing my entire life. Like you, you hear all these these outdoorsmen and women like, oh yeah, I've been doing it since I'm a little bitty. But honestly, that's been, I mean, when it comes to like running trout lines and jugging with my grandpa and my dad, that's what I grew up fishing. Mm -hmm. um, back in the day, you know, high school fishing wasn't a big thing. Um, it was either basketball, baseball, football, you know, fishing, high school fishing just wasn't there. 
Uh, so I, I remember, you know, sitting in, in, in shop class, you know, looking at my watch saying, hey, bud, you know, to my buddies, to my left and right, like, hey, we got time before basketball practice. Let's go hit the deer stand, you know. Um, so, you know, whenever I reflect back on my younger years, I was more of a, a deer hunter, turkey hunter, big game um, outdoorsman then. Uh, it wasn't until I got to, like I was talking to you, Trey, I, I was stationed at Fort Brad for like 10 years. Um, and I got into fishing, like bass fishing, and um, joined a couple of club tournaments there. And I was like, man, this, this is awesome. This is what I need. Uh, because, you know, every high schooler like, misses their, you know, last basketball game running out, like that, just that competition feeling. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you guys fish tournaments. So like every boat launch, you're like, you're sitting behind the steering wheel. You're like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> There's nothing about that feeling as you're blasting off. Yeah. Like, you're I'll so you. motivated, so positive. You're looking forward to the day. Now, eight hours later, you can talk. Yeah. You, we can look at the sad I faces. Mean, uh, <laughs> it's Close to being you know, a NASCAR driver as I'm ever going to get, okay? So I love right. gentlemen fire up your and, engines. You know, I never, I never put that together until you just did, Josh, that, man, it's a lot like running out on that field in high school for football. Like, it's the same feelings in the morning as you're – getting rods ready and you're getting dropped you know back down the ramp and you launch the boat and that anticipation's building and and that game plan's going through your head and you've already caught five eight pounders before you can call your number <laughs> yeah. and, you know everything <laughs> everything works out perfect so oh yeah it's always man, I, perfect <laughs> I, I, that's like you could say nothing else and i'm happy because i've i never put that together but it really does feel that fill that gap that i think is a competitor if you played sports growing up or anything that, that there's no other way to get it really yeah, I'm, I'm a drilling junkie. Like, I love it. Like, I don't sit still. My wife will tell you, like, I'm 100 mile an hour. Um, but, yeah, so that's a little bit where I started. Uh, I, joined, I joined the Army, you know, right after high school as a 31 Bravo military police officer. Uh, I was stay, Like I said, I was stationed at Fort Bragg for 10 years. Um, and then I was a drill instructor. And then I just finished up being a first sergeant at Fort Leonard Wood uh, until whenever I got accepted to, you know, join the outdoor team. Um you know, I've been stationed at Fort Bragg, Fort Leonard Wood, Hawaii, just to name a few. Uh, while I was in Hawaii, I got to work on a off deep sea fishing charter on the weekend. So, <laughs> like, it's all it was awesome. Like my career, like whenever you look back, and you're like, because I got two years left. Like my whole plan is 20 years, and I'm done. I want to go chase another passion, another career field. Uh, but when you look back, like I've done so much in 18 years. When it comes to like what Josh wants to do. Um, when it comes to outdoors um, and the people I've been able to network and connect with um, is just been unreal. So that's fantastic. Uh, So you said you were from Southern Illinois, Uh, Daniel, where'd you say you were from again? So I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. Okay. Um, Family. We moved to Virginia for 11 years before I joined the army. Okay. Whereabouts in VA? Um, Central Virginia, Lynchburg. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, well, I lived in, Virginia Beach and then Williamsburg for about 10 years. So pretty familiar with the state. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I, I think I meet a lot of people that started their, their, you know, as a child, they grew up, yeah, recreationally fishing, but they got really into hunting and stuff. And I know I was the same way. I'm from Southern Michigan. And so I would find myself like hunting all the time. I thought it was my passion until I really got introduced into bass fishing. And then I knew when I was sitting in the deer stand, 
annoyed that I wasn't bass fishing, that this <laughs> was not this was not the prime passion, right? I still loved deer hunting were, and big game hunting. And were stuff. you in the army or at that point? Yeah, and and I wanted to circle back to kind of what Josh said a little bit later on in the show, saying like that's what I needed because I think it's important, and I think a lot of people need to hear the message of how outdoor therapy really helps out. Uh, but yeah, I was in the army when I really started competitive bass fishing. I ask because I, I have the same story. So you know, I loved fishing growing up. You know, we never had a boat. My dad, when when he was uh, he was in the Marine Corps, so when he wasn't busy, we we go bank fish. Or I would, when I was back in Missouri, because the family's from um, about eighty miles from Fort Leonard Wood, and uh, my grandma lives basically on Bull Shoals. So like, I would use my uncle's pontoon boat in the summer sometimes and go out there and fish. But this is the most expensive day I've ever been on, and I've told my wife this before, and it's not her, but it's okay. But uh, I just got tired. I wanted to go fishing, so I drove up to Bash Pro in Springfield. was like, I want that bass tracker right there, and I paid for it, and I guess I picked it up the next day or the day after probably, but that was, I was like, I just want to go fish. That was fish. it. That was and it. That was about 10 years ago at this point. So Yeah. I mean, I, I really think the, the competitive edge, like what Josh was saying, like the adrenaline, there's certain... I think all of us have that drive for that adrenaline. You know, I don't, I don't know anybody who fishes competitively that doesn't have an edge for adrenaline. They just, they just want it. They need mm -hmm. it. Some people need it. Right. That's, yeah. that's kind of my, yeah. that's my wife's biggest fear for me. I also have two years left before I retire. And she's like, what are you going to do to feed the adrenaline when you get out of the army? You're not going to jump out of airplanes anymore. You're not going to, I'm right. still going to shoot, but I'm not going to shoot on the taxpayer dime. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to blow stuff up anymore unless it's, you know, whatever that stuff is you buy from Dick's standard Tannerite, Tannerite. <laughs> you know, but I, th I think it does. I think it does. Uh, it really helps out a lot of service members and not even service members, tons of people throughout the country. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, uh, the army outdoor team as a yep. whole. What is it? Yeah. What is it? Can you break it down and describe it uh, to us and, and everyone? So the Army Outdoor Team uh, was actually an original thought between a whole bunch of recruiters back in like 2017. Uh, it was a group of guys, uh, soldiers who were recruiters, who shared that that same passion. That all of the country they got together and kind of started this uh, Army Outdoors Facebook page, and they were trying to link the outdoors their passions to recruiting um, to kind of help them. Um, so it kind of spun around for a couple of years being tossed around. And in 2020, when COVID happened, the shutdown in the battalion where are now mission support battalion, they're looking for new ideas, new innovative ways to reach America's youth. And one of the guys on the team on the original Facebook group uh, pitched it, the army outdoor team. He loved fishing. Um, they bought it. They ran with it. Um, that's, they ended up getting a, our bass boat, the army bass boat. He ran it for a year, year and a half, and that's when I came on board uh, early 2020 and kind of taken it in a, the direction that we're at now. And Josh joined us last summer, and it's been skyrocketing since then. But, I mean, our whole mission, our whole goal. So, so yes, yeah, so, so let me step in real yep. quick. So the company that we belong to is called The Rock, the Recruiting Outreach Company. Uh, that company belongs to the Mission Support Battalion, where that Mission Support Battalion falls under the MEB, the Marketing Engagement Brigade. Uh, underneath our rock, we have four uh, teams. You have the outdoor team, you have a rock band, you have a fitness team, and then you have the esports. Mm -hmm. So 
that the outdoor team is just another you know leg or another arm onto this recruiting outreach company that already had three teams going out and reaching you know the the youth that way. Um, so that's that's a little bit of background of like what our unit does. We we market the army through the outdoors. Is what we're doing right now. I want I want to circle back to those three teams, but real quick, what you're saying is a good idea. Fairy actually had a good idea. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> I love it. I love it because it's few far in between as both of you know, all of us in this room too. Good idea fairies. We usually got to go center mass on them. You know what I mean? (laughs) So so that that's, that's really interesting. You have an EA sports team. Esports. 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 Big gamers. Yep. Okay. So can, can you talk about them a little bit? He can. I, I know anything about computers. Um, so, so the permanent parties here at Fort Knox, um, they play a game called Rocket League, and uh, I can't remember the other game, but it's a it's a first person shooter game. It's not Call of Duty, um, and it's really big high school and college esports games. So that's how they're reaching the high school and college age kids through that. Now they do have a what they call an at large team with I think like 4,000 members on it. They play every type of game you can think of from board games, Dungeons and Dragons to Nintendo DS games, to Call of Duty, to everything you think of, <laughs> they play. Hmm. Um, so at these mega, the Comic-Cons, the TwitchCon, these big conventions that are geared towards the esports world, they're at, they're competing. Um, they do a pretty good job at it. Yeah, and we're so we're going to talk obviously a lot about the the fishing in that part of the outdoors. But you said there's a rock band and what else? Yeah, so there's a there's a fitness team um, okay. that we have the world's strongest man, the world's strongest woman. Uh, we have the CrossFitters that attend, you know, CrossFit games and all that stuff. And not just not just attend, like they're competing at the CrossFit yep. games right now. They're going through whatever the trials, the, trials, the the trials for it. And last year, the qualifiers, the qualifiers, yeah. Uh, last year, three of the members actually made the CrossFit Games. Oh, oh Captain Hughes, the Colonel. Uh, yeah, Captain I saw Hughes. that actually. Yeah, I think I saw that. I think it might have came across Army Times, but yep. the the fitness. Do they have team sports in there too? And I I had a soldier. This is years ago, about 2015. He was trying to get on the Army's rugby team at the time. So I don't. Is that is that part of your like? Or is, that, or is that a separate? That's so. a separate. Yeah, that's a separate thing. Separate. Okay. And then the band, what's the rock band? So the band is the, the, <laughs> is the they're called As You Were. Okay. That's, the, that's their name. They're pretty good. It's a two-room rock band. Um, they opened up for like Slipknot uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. Like, they're right. actually pretty good. Like, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they, yep. they opened for last year. That's wild. Um, the Army's it's, got it's a wild. rock band. That is, that that is, is wild. <laughs> that's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I just, so, so, oh, go ahead. So for being, so for being there for 18 years, I never knew Army had anything like this. So then whenever I got this assignment and I signed here, signed in at Fort Knox, I said, man, where's my company at? There's my company. I walk in and I'm, I see all this. I'm just like, you know, as an EA, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I've been yeah. missing out, you know? Like, I mean, I, I think the only thing in the sporting industry that I knew of that the Army had was was uh, West Point, right? And, and they – compete oh, in yeah. uh you know ncaa well, they football they oh. have amu yeah. oh yeah I, I guess i should know I, I went to amu 
<laughs> but I didn't pay. Hey, <laughs> online college is a heck of a thing, let me tell you. But there, there are so many jobs and opportunities out there. And there's so many like in those interested in, in the army and the military in general, like there's so many unique jobs out there. For instance, I know you guys are army, but I know this is true for the Marine Corps because my dad and brother will talk about it. They, they literally have an MOS to run the E-clubs. Mm, really? Your job and you get all the certifications, right, for your food management, all your alcohol beverages. And so, yeah, you probably won't, you'll probably retire as an E-6 if you do 20 years. But then you get out and you're set up to go do, you know, anything culinary, business, bar type stuff afterwards. That is, there's a whole nother side of the army I never knew until you guys just within, you know, one minute broke it down. Like, (laughs) and and that's important, right? And and we'll talk about, uh, you know, the army outdoor team and and the entire mission. Um, But yeah, that's it. So I have a question. So I have a question. Being in the Army, I know this, right? You just saw that the Army published a new um, policy talking about if you score a certain score on your Army combat fitness test, you don't have to get height and weight done anymore. You guys saw that, I just right? saw that right before I left yep. last week. You got to score a 540 or above, and then you, you, don't, have to, yep, you don't have to go through the Army uh, body weight um, program. Anyhow, speaking of that, the world's strongest man and world's strongest woman they got to be relatively beast mode, right? I wonder what that looks like. Are you for them. saying they're fat bodies no, and they no, wouldn't they no. wouldn't pass the uh... muscle weighs more oh, than I know. fat? We oh, know I know, this, I know, right? I know. But that's got to be an interesting situation. Like if you're trying to be the strongest man or woman, like yeah. you got to be beefed up, right? Yeah. And, like, he, and he's actually like because we just had our height and weight not too long ago. He's actually like he was worried about it. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, I would. I, it is shocking to see that he, the the titles he has, the competitions he's won, but he's worried about height and weight. So he like, has, I'm six. Oh, go ahead. Like I'm six foot and I'm pretty solid. Like PT, good go. This guy makes me look like a midget. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm serious. Like oh, but that's a real thing, right? Like he has to maintain the army's yeah. height and weight standards, and still and still perform at that level like, and compete against, you know, somebody that doesn't have to. So yeah, it's a good thing that they're changing that. Now this is really interesting. And, and I know that uh, this is educational for, for my kids too. I don't know if they're going to want to walk the path, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. No, there's you know opportunity. I mean? There's other opportunities. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, there's, I, I knew a little bit about the esports team cause I saw some of their stuff. I don't know, scrolling through Facebook or something, but. I didn't even I didn't know about the outdoors team until you mentioned, hey, we should get uh, Josh to come on, and then you kind of talked about it, and I was like, I had no idea such a thing even existed. Yeah. No, uh, I, yeah. you know, that's like, that's what Josh was talking about with networking, right? Yeah. So I didn't know about Josh until my fishing partner Charles, and, I, and I'll throw him in here, Charles, who fished with me on the P, on the PBC, the Piedmont Bass Classics. He was like, hey, I met a guy. He's in the army. He's on the army outdoor team. You should have him on the show. And I was like, what, what's the Army Outdoor team? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you're not going to believe it. And I was like, you're right. I, I don't believe it. Like, what's going on here? Because the Army, I mean, I love the Army. I've had an amazing experience in the Army. I had no idea about this. I was like, this yeah. is too good to be true. But it's not. It's a real thing. The Army Outdoor team exists. Let's break down the fishing part of it. Yes. Yeah, so um, whenever somebody refers to it as the Army Outdoor team, they immediately think, oh, the Army has a fishing team. But because of this, it's a new program. Um, 
that's why everybody refers it to the fishing team because that's all we have is we have a bass boat. Um, but it's much larger than that. But so like he was, like Daniel was saying, right now we're only two people strong right now. Two t- we're, our TDA is only allowing us two hard slots right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and like, you know, talking to Trey, you know, I'm very passionate about, you know, competitive bass fishing. Can I go out there and, and showcase deer hunting and turkey hunting and waterfowl and all that stuff? Yes, but like at the same time, I'm at a position in my career that I'm trying to set myself up now to, you know, get out and pursue my dream. And that is competitive bass fishing. So like that's where my focus is. And and I know, I, you know, I've known being in the military that when you put too much on on your plate, like, nothing happens. Mm. So that I know that I can really get this program going in the right direction if I just focus on bass fishing. So whenever you think of outdoors, I, I hope I don't make anybody, any of your viewers mad, but competitive bass fishing and whitetail deer hunting are the two biggest things out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. Now you're going to have your duck hunters and your waterfowl, all your goose, you know, geese hunter, goose hunters and all that. They're going to stay different, but dude, look it up. It's whitetail deer hunting and bass fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, that's our focus right now is get a hold of this program in this bass fishing industry, you know, competitive bass fishing. And then hopefully our TDA grows a little bit like the CrossFit, you know, our fitness team, like they got a, they have a legit roster. Um, so going back to your question is like, now, how do we get out into that fishing? Uh, how do, how do we get that exposure? And that's what we're doing right now. So Daniel, he's fishing in the BFLs. And then I got that opportunity, like you're, you know, like you guys are tracking that I'm fishing them, the national professional fishing league this year. Um, it's huge. Um, I, got, I don't know. I, I kind of get choked up right now because, like, I remember you know being my um, being. Um, give me a second. You're good, You're man. Good, you know, on one of my first deployments, you know, I lost some people, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff. And um, there, a lot of my buddies were getting out after that first term, and I was like, they're like, Josh, what are you going to do? And I was liking bass fishing and i was in it i didn't know but i was like i really want to be i want to fish professionally as a bass fisher you know angler and they're like what do you mean like how are you going to do that i said i don't know how i'm going to do it like i would love to this is i'm not kidding you this is like 13 years ago i said i'm going to find a way to fish for the army professionally that's 13 years ago right sergeant e5 watkins not a clue of how the army worked and here i am you know 2023 fishing professionally for the army representing you know the biggest team in this country the united states army sure um i was that's that's where we're at and um sorry if i got a little choked up mm. but you know that that's where that's where it all started at, and that's that's the plan so yeah i mean that's awesome. first of all you don't have to apologize for getting choked up but we we talked about that at the beginning of the show is like there are certain things that that certain individuals need Right. Bass fishing is a need for me. And I know these two gentlemen sitting at the table, it's a need for them as well. And uh, it's just something that it's, it's almost hard to explain to people that, you know, it's not that they can't understand it. It's just really hard to explain. Like, how what does that do to you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever the case may be? But it's amazing to see that the Army has developed a platform. You guys are actually developing the platform through the Army 
to yeah. do something like this. And, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely going to continue kind of going down that road. It'll be really interesting to see. So we, we talked about the, uh, the Army Outdoor Team and, and all the sections that it has and, um, you know, and, and kind of how you guys are starting the, the fishing side of it. Ben had an interesting question. Uh, what, what was your question real quick? Yeah, so, so the Army has a bass boat. The Army, the taxpayers, we paid for a bass boat. So uh, you all get to go fish at it, which is outstanding. But was that the best 2062 that you ever signed, that piece of equipment? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hands <laughs> down. Humvees, who cares? All the weapon systems, millions of dollars, who cares? Bass well, boat. I'll, 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 I'll sign that all day. <laughs> so, so there's three things, actually. The best three things I've signed for was the bass boat, the F-350 Super Duty, and the gas card. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. And all joking aside, like, the Army does a very good job at making sure we're a steward of the taxpayer dollar. Yeah. Like, and yeah. pro- oh, trust. property is something that you don't joke around with because these are all of our taxpayer dollars going towards making sure our military is successful. And, uh, but I would love to sign for a, for a nitro. What is it? Z 21. It's a Z 20. Z 20. Z 20 with a two fifty Merc on the back with some talons. Talons, the mid code, all tricks, 52 mm-hmm. inch. Yeah. Light, uh, forward facing sonar. Yeah, that's nice. We're going to have to go ahead and uh, write that off as a combat loss. And, uh, <laughs> I do have to make comment, Randy Blockett, you do own a forward-facing sonar. <laughs> oh, oh. You, snuck it in there. you snuck it in there. There you go. Yeah. Actually, I saw a TikTok today. I got to bring this up real quick. Um, you know the the TikTok where there's the guy on the boat and it's floating and it plays the sad music. Yeah, yeah they yeah. put Randy I saw the front that. of the boat and it said, "Me on my way to another tournament with no live scope to finish dead last." <laughs> <laughs> that is a that's a discussion for we actually yeah, we we'll, we'll into jump that. into that. We'll jump into that. What is the mission of the Army Outdoor Team? So the our official mission, of the Army Outdoor Team, is to market. Or how, how they word it. Sorry, my apologies. Um, the the mission is to market the army of service of choice through the outdoors. Whether it is like I said, it's bigger than the fishing, and it, it's hard because it, we're just two people right now. You're talking 350 million people out there, right. um, but it, it's through the outdoors. So we we attend expos, uh, we attend high school visits. You know. Uh, competitions and all that stuff. And like, like I said earlier, the, the eSports, the Warrior Fitness team, they have what they call their at-large team. Mm-hmm. That's what we have also. We have a very small, we're still building up, but we have guys who are uh, hunters, who are co- competition longbow, traditional bow. Uh, okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. Are, yeah. So, so we, I mean, we pull them in at certain events that we can to where they fit in, plug and play to where they fit into that area. Okay. So I know, I know, um, I know we thank everybody for visiting the classic. This is recorded before. So I'm going to ask a question. I know y'all, I know the army, uh, is it the outdoor team that has the booth at the classic? You guys obviously are, are sponsoring so some this, of the events there. And so there, so there's a confusion out there and I'll go ahead and put it out there is that you have army buck hunters, you have army bass anglers, you got mm-hmm. the army duck hunters. So what we're fighting right now is they all, they think that we're the same organization. So, like, whenever we go to these outdoor expos, I, I did one down in Shawnee, Oklahoma. 
and they had Army Bass and Army Outdoor Team right next to each other. So everybody mm-hmm. thought we were one and one. And I'm like, nah, I can't do that. You know, that's a whole different, that's a headache. That's a whole different organization. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. But that is a yeah. classic. Yeah, that must be a challenge for you guys because there is a lot of obviously yes. veterans in, in military community within the competitive bass fishing world. So, you know, that's why that that true identity of what you're out there doing, that that concrete mission statement is going to be so important because young kids, I mean, we see it all the time with recruiters. They go to high schools and they go to events at colleges and stuff like that. But people, there, a lot of the population just doesn't have a good understanding of the military in general, right? No. It's not their fault. It's just they just never had to be educated on it. So it's part of your guys' uh, mission statement to go educate the population on what what options they have, correct? Yeah. Yep. And you're using, you're using platforms such as the Major League Fishing Bass Fishing League, the BFLs, and you're using platforms such as the National Professional Fishing League to to push that narrative, correct? So yeah, so like you know, I was at a couple couple shows, you know, a few months back, and a lot of the kids, uh, not kids, but the younger mm-hmm. younger guys, like 17, 18 years, they, you know, their first thing would be like, "Well, you guys have no life," and I'm like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" Like, dude, I, I own I own a house in North Carolina. I own a house in Missouri. I have a wife and a daughter, and by the way, I, I love. I'm passionate about fishing. Like, wait till you see what I have working for me here in a couple months. Um, but I, our goal is to say, like, there's life out of the uniform. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't just put the uniform on 24 seven. Even though NCOs say, yeah, we're leaders 24 seven. Of course, that's what that's our job, right? To answer that phone call in the middle of the night. But when it comes down to it, like, I'm eating dinner at home. If I'm not deployed, which nobody's been deployed for a while now, like. You're eating dinner. You have a job. It's almost, I don't want to say it's a nine to five job because depending on what job you have, MOS, like you have a life out of the uniform. You're not constantly in that uniform. And that's what a lot of kids are scared of is like they think that we all we do is do push-ups and get yelled at, put a uniform on. And yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, that's not it. Well, I don't know if it was the same when you guys were in school, but that was kind of the stigma. Like yeah. when you're high school, yeah. especially when you're a, a male in high school, like your buddies were going to sign up and it was always like, well, if you sign up, they're going to tell you when you can put your underwear on, which foot to tie first, <laughs> what cereal to eat in the morning. You're going to have to get up and do push up. You're not, you're not going to be able to go out on the weekend. And it, it's definitely not the case. I mean, I have enough friends that served and now, and you do have a life. So I think one, one of the things I told people I miss the most, obviously working with the people and the mission and the fact that taxpayers paid for me to do a lot of cool stuff yeah uh in my years in uh in the army but one of the things i, I missed the most is rip that it. well i do i, I do like rippets rip I, I actually do like rippets <laughs> especially the little can rippets they, they taste yeah, better yeah, yeah. um is that unless you're deployed or you're going through a training exercise or something you get a three or four day weekend every month mm-hmm. you get 30 days 30 days off a year yeah no other job out there unless you run your own business and you're successful enough where you can do that. But if you go work in the corporate world, you're not getting time off like that no. to go do to go fish or whatever you want to do, your hobby. Like you're not you're not you're not getting it. I think I, I think I added it up one like a, maybe a year or two ago, but like when you talk about like all the you know federal tr- uh, holidays, the training holidays that say you want three or four day passes out of the year and then all your 30 days of leave, it's like 55 60 days of days off a year like free. 
Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, for <laughs> I was talking to my mom the other day about this because she always gives me crap, right? I'll call her on the way home and and uh, she's like, why are you get? do you not work for a living? I'm like, listen, <laughs> the army's job is to maintain a state of readiness for at any point in time when the glass needs to break, we're going to war, right? That's the way it works. So if I maintain readiness four hours a day or eight hours a day, that's none of your concern, but that is the reality, right? And you know, and you're right, Josh, like when I, when I first joined, I think it was like five or six years into service. People back where I came from literally thought that we were getting yelled at on a daily basis, screamed at, told what to eat. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I own my own house. Like I go home at the end of the night, if I'm not deployed, then I'm literally with my family. And so that's important though. It's an important message because you can choose two things with the military and those listening, you can choose a job or you can choose a career and the choice is yours. Yeah. Right. And I chose to make a career out of it because it was what best set me up for success. Right. And yeah. whatever the next chapter in my life is going to be, hopefully fishing, you know, NPFL or bass or something like that. I don't know. But and along those lines, out. obviously I didn't make it a career, um, but it, it sets you up. I mean, you get so many great experiences. You get so, you learn so much. You, it teaches you to be resilient and, you know, and adaptable. I know those are the buzzwords, but but it's absolutely true. You have to be able to, and so whatever you go afterwards, and obviously I'm, you know, started the lure, lure business, but whatever it is, right, those facets that are instilled from you for either three, four, five, 20 years, however long you serve, right, those are applicable anywhere else you go afterwards. And as the only one on this podcast that didn't serve, I'll tell you, if I knew then what I knew now, know now about life, and it would have been a no-brainer to to choose a career path where, you know, you're taught valuable lessons and morals and everything that you're taught the military teaches you and, and sets you up, albeit maybe a little slower than, than some other professions or whatever it is. But, you know, that wasn't the path I walked, but I will never try to talk somebody out of it that asked me. I know my nephews asked and I'm like, everybody I know that served is probably the best thing you can do. I'm smirking right now because I don't believe Pete. Like when I first, when, when I first, no, seriously, when I first met Pete uh, through Ben, right, and and we all kind of met each other individually, and then we came together collectively. Pete knew more about the army than I felt like I did, and I was like, this dude served. But seriously, he has surrounded himself by so many individuals, and you know, how, you guys know how it is when you're around a base or you come from military family. Like you speak a different language. Yes. You speak yeah. a language that a lot of tracking, like nobody says that, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, knife hand squared away. Like, where'd this guy come from? So whatever spy world he lived in before <laughs> the one cast, uh, uh, I, I don't know. But you can't yeah, talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> he has an NDA and all that. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it, it, that's that's interesting. And Ben, um, you know, that, that kind of I'll, I'll circle back to the to the, the two platforms you guys are specifically fishing. But one of the questions I had, and this is for both of you, and you, you may have both an individual uh, opinion on it, both on tour or leading up to starting the Army uh, fishing side of the Army outdoor team, what in particular in your military experience through like Army values and, and, other, and deployments and stuff like that, is there something that sticks out to you that has really helped you use that to be successful in fishing? Oh, absolutely. So I'll name two right off the bat. The personal courage is one of the seven army values. Like competing in my first professional 
you know, level tournament with the NPFL last week on Pickman. I put two months of I, my I, my iPad right now is just loaded with homework, um, and so it took like a lot of personal courage to whether I whether I thought I was ready to compete at this level or not. Like, but it was my dream, and and I'm a person of opportunity. Like, there's only going to be so many doors that open up, and I'm going to I'm going to when one opens, I'm going to kick it in, and I'm going in like, head first, right? And so. I was, and Daniel will tell you, um, I had a lot of issues leading up to this event. Uh, you know, right, right whenever we got on ground, like my, my first day of practice, my troll motor took crap. I got brand new, brand new boat. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? Um, so that wasted my whole first day of practice and came out to, you know, once we got the boat onto the trailer, took my bow apart, took all my graphs off, found out that, you know, the positive cable of my troll motor came off of the junction box. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like it's easy fix. Right. But it's just yeah. that stress mm-hmm. level that the army's, you know, everything I've done in the army's allowed me to kind of like close my eyes, take a deep breath and get back into the game. Allowed me to keep on going. I came into another mechanical issue um, where my jumper cable that connected my 36 volt, you know, my batteries into a 36 came disconnected. So I don't know like what happened to my wiring system, but, some wires came uh, came disconnected, but at that time, like I'm looking at Daniel, my wife had drove down to Pickwick. I'm looking at them like I'm I, I'm not a tap. I don't tap. Like I'm gonna pass out, but like I felt like I was going to be like I, I can't do this right now. Like I am not mentally ready. And then you know Daniel, you know being my partner and my wife being there, we're like dude, we watched you fish. Like you know what you're doing. Go out there and do it. So then the third day of practice. I shut everything off, you know, and I'm going down the lake and I stumbled across something. I was like, holy cow. Like I, I was marking all kinds of fish and stuff and um, did pretty good on practice day. But what I'm getting at is the personal courage, you know, that the Army's taught me kept, kept me in that fight. Um, and then, you know, integrity is another one of our you know Army values that we there is so much. Like, just look at the, you know, what was it? The wall. Oh, I, oh I, here we go. I, no, 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 no. You're good, you're good. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not talking about it. I don't want to bring it, but there's so much cheating out there, yeah. whether it's, you know, like NPFL. We have a we have a 20-day off-limit period, you know, lead up to the day one of practice, of official practice. And then we, from January... 20, I think it was January 16th. I don't know, it's passed, but we can't have any more information on the rest of the six stops. I know in my like here, Josh Watkins isn't gonna, you know, ask for information. I'm not gonna go and say, hey, Trey, we're coming down to Jordan Lake. Where are they at, man? Like, but it's sad. There are there are there are some out there. Mm-hmm. So, so and your army has t- taught me to, you know. Live my, live my integrity. Like I won't yeah. do it. I, I can relate. I think everybody here can like even fishing a small tournament or I think it boils down to if you know you're in a position where you could fail, it creates a mentality where you're like, I'm either going to have the personal courage to step up and do this or I'm going to fold. Right. And the army and a lot of things in life you, it's ingrained in you like this is a no fail task 
right? A no fail task is hard. That's expectation management, by the way, because we <laughs> fail all the time. But there is something to be said at getting up at the national level, representing the United States Army and all of the American people. Oh, what's going on? Are we good? All the American yeah, people. Um, and, and that does take a lot of personal courage. And you're right, the integrity piece. And that's something that is always going to be uh, important in the outdoor industry, specifically fishing. And I know that Pete and Ben and I, we've talked about it at lengths and yeah, we don't want to give those guys any more credit. Those walleye guys, but that made a mark on the fishing industry, the entire fishing industry. Right. So having personal courage and integrity and upholding those army values, absolutely agree with you. Daniel, what are your thoughts on that? So it is one of the big things for me. It's from day one, I joined the army. I also knew about it before. But it's even on my jersey, my sleeve, the duty, honor, and integrity. Um, fishing these, the BFLs, fishing these other tournaments. There are people that that ride that gray area, mm-hmm. but holding that integrity, doing the right thing when no one's looking, especially when you get up to that professional league, the NBFL, the Bass Pro Tours, the the elite stuff like that, where you're the only one on the boat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it leaves that gray area, but holding that, and that's something that, like Josh said, the Army's. Just, that us yep absolutely and that but one of the things i want to say this that the army has prepared me for the, all this is i've been in 15 years and i've been in nine different locations and anyone who served more than one contract one term you move around mm-hmm. so as you move around you get the opportunity to fish different areas not just traveling for a tournament but i lived up in the upper peninsula of michigan it is freezing cold up there on Lake Superior, <laughs> but I've never been salmon fishing. No, salmon, never been salmon fishing before then. But learning about salmon fishing, the spawning, the runs, the steelhead, the lake trout, walleye. I love walleye fishing, <laughs> but I mean, have the experience to travel around and fish different areas, different regions. That definitely sets us up. Absolutely. The, I hate walleye fishing, but I love eating them. Jim. Yeah, I like eating them too. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I've spent some time in the UP, and um, one of one of my favorite pastimes is to go up to the Manistee River, which I don't think that's not in the UP, but the Manistee River or across the lake over into like Manitowoc and Wisconsin, and and run those kings uh, in September, October, and when they're going to the spawn, it's one of the best times in the world. Um, I think that personal, I just wanted to comment on yeah. the personal courage and mental, like the mental resiliency. That's probably as somebody that doesn't have that trained into them and didn't, didn't go through the steps to get that ingrained, probably the biggest struggle myself as an angler and other anglers I know at all levels. Cause I have buddies that have fished at all levels, all the way up to elites. And that's always the hardest lesson to learn is to be able to step back reset whatever it is and then to come back and i think it's g man that says positive mental attitude everybody says it now but to be able to reset and i think there's an advantage there for you guys because it is trained into you in a way and it's part of it's ingrained in who you are as an adult and as a person so right there i I truly feel like there's an advantage it reminds me of a story of a buddy of mine Uh, he was in the 82nd back in the surge he i think he did four or six years and he got out and went to college and he went to interview to like investment banks in new york and he worked in new york for a while one of the interview questions like like, do you think you can handle the stress of this job etc he said he looked at him deadpan and said my level of stress is thinking about if my humvee blows up right now can i get a tourniquet on and help before i bleed out and help the other guys out and he's like 
We had no other questions in the interview after that. <laughs> She's like, it's a different level. That's, that's true. It's yeah. the truth. Like, um, if I didn't like, if I didn't relate back to all my training and all my you know education that you know the last eighteen years, four days, five days ago, six days ago, I would have spun out. Um, even though I didn't have a good performance, um, but I wouldn't even have made it onto the water. Like, I'd have been like, nah, I'm done. Like, this is this is big. Um, and you know, MPFL is new. It's been around for about three years. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, there are some there's some hammers in there. Mm-hmm. You got John Cox, you got Patrick Walters, you got Keith Carson, like just to name a few. But you have some guys like, you know, just last year I'm looking up to them and like, oh, this is cool, this is cool. You know, watching them and now here I am, boat to boat, you know, fishing the same bank. You know, and it's it's it can be very intimidating. Yeah, and if, I mean, just look at the history of that league too. I mean, you have two guys that, that come out of there last year and are fishing the elites this year and. Elite yep. guys fishing it, and you know Mike Corbishley, who's a friend of our show's fished it oh, yeah, the last couple of years. Yeah. You know Mike's a great guy, and yeah, it's it's and we've talked about it a lot. The the league, you know, the MPFL. We're we're really fans. Um, talked to one of the owners actually at Redcrest, and he you know thanked us for all we do. And I'm like, man, thank you for for giving anglers and and you know fans of of high level competition something different to watch. So I think it's really cool and. It's it's really exciting. I want to get into how you ended up there, but let's. Uh... Yeah, I let me let me talk before we before we take a quick break. I know we don't have to say that, but we're gonna say it. Humbleness goes a long way. Um, you got two gentlemen, you know, Josh and Daniel serving the country. I'm in. Pete, you have a very important job making sure people are safe every day, right? Ben, you served and now you're serving the outdoor industry with with small business, which is extremely important in our country. And I think a lot of people forget that, like we all serve this nation in some way, shape or form uh, for the most part. And you, you I look up to anglers all the time and I'm sure anglers look up to service members and police officers and doctors and lawyers. I don't know about lawyers, but still like, (laughs) you know, everybody, and I guess it boils down to being humble and bringing humility to whatever you do. And I think for me, that's something the army has taught me, you know, after nine deployments in a row, I just got back last year from my ninth one. Um, you know, we, we can be ignorant sometimes, Right. As Americans, because our life is amazing. Uh, but what what has taught the biggest thing is humility and being humble. You only get a sli- you, you can get a slice of humble pie any day of the week, anytime you want it. It's whether or not you choose to eat it. So that is something important uh, for me going into this, because I beat myself up more than anybody. Uh, except for my wife. She likes to beat me up when I come home and get a 19th place finish or a tw- she's like, well, 12th isn't first. And I'm like, okay, you know, but, but I know what she's getting at. So, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely something cool that you said, like you looked up to Keith Carson and John Cox. There's two of them, by the way, everyone, um, and all those other professional anglers, but they probably look up to you too. You're just yeah. not, now you're televised. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, I wanted to, I wanted to build on what Trey was just talking about with, with humbleness and you know, it's not something that everybody's taught and you see, you see it sometimes with local level anglers have a lot of success with folks that go into like the investing world and they make a bunch of money. I, you know, I've been very blessed in my life, but I didn't serve in the military, but I spent the day after I graduated high school, I started my first full-time job on an ambulance for a year. And then I was a paramedic for 12 years after that. And 
so I sort of un- I, I get what you're saying, Trey. So for anybody that's listening that maybe has never had to had that humble pie and experienced loss or, or those more serious things in life, maybe take a look in the mirror. Right. <laughs> that's all I want no, to say. Some, that's because it true. gets we see it all the time, right? And we talk about anglers on the water and we went over etiquette a couple episodes ago and people get people get this facade or this mentality and they've never had that piece of humble pie. So yeah, getting that humility, getting checked is important. And I tell you what, fishing may be the sport that gives you the most humble pie. Ooh, oh, yeah. Humble you in a hurry. <laughs> Speaking of humble pie, yeah. so you guys talked about the MPFL, and and I want to dive into both of them. But let's talk the MPFL real quick. How and why the MPFL for the Army Outdoor Team and the fishing and the fishing team? So. So going back to like our previous questions that you guys had asked us, that like what all do we do and how do we outreach, you know, the you know the people out there? Um, the MPFL is is a professional level circuit, you know, um, new, but it, they're gaining momentum. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that they had the credibility that the Army Outdoor Team needed for one uh, to get exposure and all that stuff. Two, if you look at bass opens they just revamped their whole elites uh qualifier eqs mm-hmm. right so like now not only can you fish like uh that what was it the back then it was like the the south division mm-hmm. uh, you have to compete in all nine now to even mm-hmm. have a chance and it's like compete compete boom 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 and then i can't i can't go to big army and say hey uh, here i am i'm gone for the next seven months i'm not gonna work for you i'm just gonna go fish right that's not how the army works. Like they're like, no, you're going to do something else. Mm-hmm. So the, the bass wasn't there for us. Major league fishing. Uh, we attempted to do some uh, Toyota series and stuff like that. Uh, last minute stuff fell through. Um, and we're, we weren't able to do that. You know, we were both going to jump in the Toyota series. We were going to fish the plains division, uh, the Southwest is either the Southwest or the centrals down in Gunnersville, mm-hmm. Smith Lake and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were only going to pick two. And the reason why I say pick two and not all six of them on the Toyota series is because the Army still wants us to go out to the outdoor expos, the Bass Classics, you know, the big state expos and all that stuff. So then when we refer back to why the MPFL, if you look at the MPFL schedule, it's six events. It started in last week and it goes all the way out to, I think our last one is in Lake Lanier, Georgia in October. Mm-hmm. So it's like every six weeks. So not only am I trying to say, okay, what's best for the army, but what's best for my wife and my daughter and all that stuff too, because they, they, if you don't have a support system. So I say, I tell everybody, there's two things to be successful. It's stability and a support system. Um, my, my wife, my family, my dad, my mom, all my family, they, they support me, whatever I want to do. They, they're, I'm telling you, they're right behind me. And then the army supports me. And then the army gives me the stability to allow me to go out and chase my dream. Um, so those are my two things. Um, but again, it goes back to the schedule of what the MPFL does. It's for the working class angler out there trying to bring up something, whether it's whether it's to promote their organization or promote themselves to gain that that professional level. That's why we. I, that's why I choose the MPFL. Yeah. So before yeah. we jump into the BFL. This goes back to what we talked about when we did our preseason recaps. We talked about the MPFL. We talked about the elites. We talked about MLF, the changes. <clears throat> we all said it. Like, if there was one you were going to pick to fish today, 
and it, your goal wasn't to get the elites, but was to prof, to fish professionally, to get the you know, most exposure, to get your name out there. I think all three of us said the NPFL. If if it wasn't the elites, wasn't your goal, or BPT yeah. wasn't your goal, if it was just to fish, and they do. We Trey talked about it explicitly. Ben did. They film all of their stuff. Their live coverage is amazing. Luke and Fat Cat do a great job of making sure folks get coverage. Um, the weigh-ins, you know, live stream. They live stream two days. Now they're up to what? I think 10 cameras total with the... I think, it, I think it's, yeah. With the non-manned, right? Um, yeah. You know, all of that's available. Then they put the entire thing on YouTube after yeah. the event. So you can go on and watch all that. They do a great well, job on their social... Oh, go ahead. TV. It's on fixed TV. So I wasn't allowed to get any information and all that. I came back yesterday. I was beat. Took a little nap. I, I woke up and watched it on fixed TV. That's I said, awesome. This is awesome. This is cool. Yeah, so it's exposure, you know, it makes sense for the Army, for the exposure for the Army. Personally, with your goals, what you want to do after the military, professional, there's no better way to get out there in front of sponsors, in my opinion, than you have somebody push you. And the NPFL does a great job of highlighting anglers on their socials, of their live coverages. I I tell them all the time when I see Fat Cat and Luke, and I know Paul, I know you know Paul Benson, I know Paul, I, I see him at shows and stuff. I can't remember every time I see him, like, y'all's, y'all's live coverage is great. Yeah. Like, you're right up there, whether you want to admit it or not, with, with the bigger tours. Um, so, I, that just, for anybody watching, I know I'm not supposed to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself. No. So, like, think about it and think about back. It just kind of cements what we've already talked about with, with the league. And, and uh, if there's anybody out there that, that is looking for that opportunity, I'm sure they're going to open up next year applications and don't be – don't be afraid to chase a dream. It doesn't have to just be BSS or, or the MLS. Yep. Yeah. Now, with, with the MPFL, was there certain criteria or anything that you had to meet um, for the, I guess, for the Army side of it and for the MPFL side of it? So the MPFL was just like, you know, uh, I never applied for, you know, the elites or BPT or that because you got to qualify for all that stuff. So, but MPFL did have a, a list yep. that, you know, you go in there an application form, you put in all your, your your past history, how long you've been competing, and all that stuff, and send it in, and, and what happened, what happened. You know? Yeah. The, the MPFL, the way that they spread it out, you already talked about it, it yeah. really does yeah. enable that organization to target a different different group of anglers right the the people that the, every one of us for the most part has to work but that really does set up well uh for those trying to fish a national level circuit like that are qualified to do it right it's like we said most yep. folks can get can get six weeks off yeah they can't necessarily get nine plus yeah. to fish to fish the other events so yeah so with BFLs. So Daniel with with the Major League Fishing Bass uh was um geez, BFL Bass Fishing League. Yeah, the BFLs. <laughs> Phoenix Bass Fishing League, I think is what it's called, right? Yeah. So how how did that transpire for the for the Army Outdoors team? Um, so like Josh said, our original goal was to go to the Toyota series. We're both gonna fish that. Um last minute stuff when that fell through he was thankful that the NPFL, like he got accepted for that. That went through. And then looking at that schedule, looking at the rest of our schedule for the year that they had planned out for us already. Um, we sat down and we talked and that, that was the best fit for me. I'll say it honestly, I, I'm not at the NPFL level. Like, I'm not at that pro level yet. My goal is to apply in next year and both of us fish the NPFL. Um, but that, so this year that the scheduling and I chose the uh, the 
the Illini division. So Shelbyville Mm -hmm. Lake, uh, Wren Lake, Paducah, and Kentucky Lake. Um, That's kind of how how it came about, which is mainly the scheduling stuff and then me getting the experience to be up there. So I'll just throw this out there right now. When you say, like, at that level, I'm here to tell you, like, I blasted off, yes, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. And there was 200 boats in the BFL. So there's not a lot of people that can afford to fish at the national level, but there are some amazing anglers. So you, that- so you have your local – the thing I learned about Lake of the Ozarks, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many times I put – how many hours of, and on my boat <laughs> trying to get Lake of the Ozarks dialed in. And you think you're on a pattern, you think you're on a solid, you know, 16, 18, 19 pound bag. And then you have the Hibden boys or you have one of the, you know, Casey Scanlon. They would just, they're local hammers. Yep. Even though they're touring pros, right. But they're, they're, they're the locals of that lake. BFLs are harder than any other, circuit out there i'm telling you that i'm telling you that i agree completely i just want we've talked about this a lot it's it's you know it's the same thing here right you have your local hammers that that clean up they're first through fifth on all the local events and we've talked about a lot and but if you take a lot of those guys to a lake in florida or let's say or pickwick is a great example (laughs) right uh anywhere that they're not going to do nearly as good because they haven't developed the the skills to read the water that I think yeah. a lot of these other anglers at the highest level have developed over the years and then mm-hmm. they can be adapt and they can be flexible. And hopefully that you going back to what we talked about earlier, the, with the army, if you've been fishing throughout your entire army career and fishing different locations and different bodies of water, it gives you that breadth of experience already that at least you got something to rely on. Uh, when you go to, you show up to a place. Cause had you, had you been to Pickwick before? I've never been to Pickwick. See, see, so I, I so with Pickwick then if we don't, if we want to transition into it, so this you, you're fishing the NPFL. Their first event was that Pickwick. We know we you didn't have the performance you wanted to, but this is your first time fishing that level. What did you learn from it? Like what, what was your maybe your your biggest takeaway uh, from the event? I know we talked about the resiliency all right because of the issues, but like the biggest event from the the tournament structure. Competing against those guys, you know, at that level. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it simple, and and so people are going to disagree or whatever and call BS. But listen to your like if you fish, if you fish a lot of days. Like I'm not talking like once a month, but if you go out there, and you dedicate your time on the water, and you go to compete, fish the moment and listen to your gut. And I found myself on that lake forcing something that my, my gut was telling me something else. And I just like, no, I've caught them this way. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm, they're coming. They're coming. And I should just listen to my gut and went from, you know, offshore shallow, uh, you know, points back to cranking, you know, regular riprap, you know, in parallel in the bank, you know, with a little one at 1.5, 2.5. My gut, the entire tournament, what sucks is like, you can't get no information. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can't look at nothing. And I'm sitting there like, but at the, but even if you look at the tournament, like they weren't out there whacking them. Like everybody was struggling. Yeah. Yeah. And so I found myself in Cypress Creek. I, I love to flip, pitch, skip, 
I love it. Like, give me a lay down and I'm going to pick it apart. And so Cypress Creek was only about half a mile from McFarland Park where we launched. We were getting bad weather in. A big front was coming in. Supposed to have like 25 mile an hour winds. And I said, you know what? I never gave, I, I didn't even go into Cypress Creek on practice. I kind of hit the, hit the point, but I never went down deep. And I said, I, on Google Earth, I saw nothing but laydowns. And I saw it like 16 foot of water on some place. I said, it's deep enough. I said, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to pitch a jig around. And I go in there and I'm like, this ain't it. Because I, I, I go back saying, okay, who am I competing against, right? John Cox, the Keith Carson. These guys are shallow water guys. Like, if I'm not seeing them, if I'm not seeing these guys in here or those type of anglers in here, like, get out. And I, I did. I wasted a lot of time in Cypress Creek whenever I should have went to my gut, parallel to bank, and with a 1.5, 2.5, or whatever crankbait, and fished that way. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But my fish offshore, was they, they were gone. They were pulling a lot of current. Yeah. Do you think a lot of anglers do that? Um, I know this was just your first event with the MPFL, but you've been fishing for a long time. You fish derbies in North Carolina and all over the place. You were trying to get on Rick Clun level in Lake of the Ozarks. That's pretty hard to do for anyone, right? But do you think a lot of anglers pay a lot of attention to other anglers and what they're doing? Absolutely. Yeah. I I talk to not doing. Yes, I talk to I got a bunch of buddies in the bpt a couple buddies in bpt uh and then the uh invitationals and they they tell you that's one of the things they learn your competitors learn your competitors because you could kind of watch and see what they're doing and you can you can kind of scramble something together if you're struggling do you think that hurts anglers sometimes doing that though absolutely because you don't fish your strength and you don't listen to your gut yeah i know i've done it yeah, I mean, I'll go do oh, yeah. something, you know, what I'm comfortable with, and and I'm nobody else is doing it, and you go, well, this ain't right. So then you find yourself running around trying to do something else, and and now you know you look back and you go, if I would have just stuck with doing what I do, what my gut said to do, I know I could have ground five fish out. Might not have been, I might not have won, but I could have caught five fish. Yeah. Instead, I, I've run all over the lake chasing a pattern that I'm yep. not comfortable with and trying to match what these other guys are doing. And we say it all the time. It's hard to catch another man's fish. Yeah. Yes. I, it, it, I, I can't stand when this happens. And almost, I'm on that three fish curse right now. All right. I hate <laughs> that. Like, I know I can catch five fish. I know it. It's stupid. Why can't you catch five fish? You do it in practice. Um, but the one thing that I, I always rewind, I wish I had game footage and, and I should use the GoPro. My wife got me. Hopefully she, she doesn't listen to this anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> brand new GoPro. I wish I could watch the game footage because one of the things that I always hear and, and, and my partner's guilty of this too. I caught fish here before. Well, yeah, that's great. But yesterday's not today and definitely 20 days ago is not today or whatever the case may be so it it is interesting how we do that to ourselves and we're on the water and we know that we should listen to our gut and we don't and then we always beat ourselves up about it when it's done it's like i should have listened to my gut and that that event on pickwick you guys faced the gambit of of changing conditions and pulling water and then the last day they weren't pulling it as hard as they had been the first you know two days and so yeah, they dropped it the last day. They so right before practice, they were pulling like 155 CFS. They, they got it down to like 130. When we hit practice, the first day of practice, I think it was like a 130. By the time we hit the tournament, it was like still 110, maybe a low 100. And then that last day, they dropped it all the way down to 70. They, they shut the gates off at, at Wilson, 
Like there was nothing coming from the Wilson side, but they were still pulling about 70 from Pickwick. Um, but, but the wind changed, the, the, the temperature changed, the water level changed. I, I think it, they dropped it. So it was like 414 is like the normal pool. And I think one day of the, t- uh, of the tournament, I think it was an upper 408. Mm-hmm. So, so the the MPFL is way in really interesting, and we're going to jump to to Daniel's uh, last uh, BFL event if he fished one. the The drive in way the the drive through way in is an awesome opportunity for the army to get its message across to the people. Um, are you do you have to be in uniform when you go up on stage, or how does that work for for the army? No, so like we we have our so we our jersey with the outdoor logo, the army logo. Um, I, I'm allowed to, it just, I don't have to be in uniform, just my fishing jersey. Okay. And yeah. are, are you seeing good return uh, from the crowd um, being up there on the, on behalf of the army? Oh, they, they, oh yeah, they, they, whenever they announce, you know, Hey, next boat, you know, boat eight, you know, mass start, you know, jo- actually they said Josh Watkins, U S army pro, you know, current serving active duty soldier. They're like, Whoa! Hang on a what is this? Yeah, so it's it, it definitely- I'm paying for this. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah, we talked about that before too. Like every every circuit does it differently, but I, we really enjoy that how the MPFL like promotes everything all at once, right? Not only the person, but the boat wrapped, the vehicle wrapped, all the sponsors and stuff like that. It really kind of gives a holistic approach to to who they're seeing on stage. Um, yeah. Before we move on to BFL, you, gentlemen, you got any questions about Pickwick? No. Okay, Pickwick, and and we'll talk next. Uh, Daniel, what was your last, or have you fished any derbies this year? Uh, this year, I have not. Last year, my last one was uh, July last year. Uh, Wren Lake was a BFL in Wren Illinois. Lake. Okay. Uh, it was hot. It was, <laughs> Josh actually fished it also. Uh, we're both boaters. And it was what, high set high nineties mm. every day. It was it was hot. I caught a one striper during practice, and then come uh, tournament day, my co he's like, "Hey, everything you know about summer fishing, throw it out the window." Mm. I caught three fish, one scoreable, but all three fish I caught were in two feet of water in blue skies, sunny, and three feet of water. I caught all three of my fish. Mm. We got a little bit of a benefit there because you got co's uh, in the BFL, right? So a lot of them are local to the area, and that is not violating an information rule because you guys are fishing together. So that I can see the benefit of that. And trust me, I got a lot of crap uh, for talking about co-anglers and in, in, in my remark um, saying that I wouldn't prefer to have them if I was fishing all nine of the Bassmaster Elite qualifiers uh, just because I wouldn't want somebody in the back of my boat potentially catching some fish if I'm trying to make to the elites. However, there's definitely a benefit to having them. So do you have any BFLs coming up this year? Yeah. So my first one is May 13th at uh, Shelbyville Lake in Illinois. Okay. How does that lake set up? Um, it's a good question. <laughs> um, Guess you'll find out. <laughs> so it's May time. We'll see how it is. See the water temperature and everything. Um, I've never been. I fished one lake in Illinois, and it's the only time I've ever stayed in Illinois, besides Chicago. So it's it's pretty even where we are now. So I mean, it should be 
Should be pretty good. How far is it from Knox? Four hours. Oh, that's not bad at all. So for, so for you, he'll go, he'll go down a pre-finish. I was just gonna yeah. say, there's yeah. no since there's no yeah. official practice days in the BFL. Does the Army provide you an opportunity to to prepare for that tournament? So, so we'll actually go down probably about a week before the tournament. Um, we'll do what we call a shaping operations. We'll contact the local recruiting company and the stations. We'll do some high school visits um, and some other stuff with the local recruiting guys. Okay. And then I'll get three days of practice on that lake. Oh, awesome. So for people fishing, I, or I think a lot of people that look at competitive fishing, they don't realize that there's 17-year-old kids or 17-year-old young adults fishing, 16-year-olds and stuff like that. That's a great opportunity for the Army, right? And and I think you guys are doing a great job with kind of like, for a lack of a better term, targeting that demographic because there's so many young people in the industry. So through the BFLs, which get a huge turnout uh, throughout the continental United States, and through the MPFL, which has amazing television, and uh, you know they're on all the different social media networks, like... That's something, and I think we talked about that during the Fishing Friday, wasn't it? Like, there's a young man, 17 years old, fishing. Yeah, Hayden. Yeah. Hayden Hammond's fishing. Right, yeah, from MPFL. North Carolina, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's, fish, he's fishing what, MPFL? MPFL, yeah. So you're yeah, he right. Got, like, he got what? Six, 16th. 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 That's oh, 16th. Right. Yeah, 16th. So you got him fishing alongside of you. I mean, and, and that, I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to join the Army, but now we can see what the army also has the has to offer so that's that's really interesting here's, um here's a good idea ferry for the army <laughs> how about it eats installation expand the outdoor team mm-hmm. you know additional duty get like three boats and their job is just to be captains for the for the high schools yeah and they can get out to all the high school teams and network and there's another good idea for that I don't want to go center mass on. Like, I like that idea. Like, that's amazing. And and that is true, right? We got, like you talked about before, like back in our day, we always keep saying that because we're all old or older. But there was no high school bass fishing leagues. There's There was no collegiate level bass fishing. And now you're seeing all this stuff come to fruition. And now you got the Army Outdoor Team with fishing. Um, what's next for the MPFL, Josh? So uh, Wright Patman is uh, down in Texarkana. So that's the next one. That's stop two. Um, knock on some wood. I- I'm looking forward to that one. Um, right now, I just I'm starting my homework on it. You know, and it's like 60 degrees water temp right now. It's bushes. It's it's a spinner bait jig, Texas rig. Um, maybe maybe a frog top water bite uh, should be pretty good, but. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. That's Texas Canada's in April. And then we shoot over to uh, Santee Cooper in May. Yeah, we're going to try to swing down at least maybe one of the days. Um, awesome. Maybe the final day swing down because it's what, three or four hours from us would be. Yeah, it's not I, too far from you guys. Yeah, I've never fished it before either. Neither I. And I want to get So out. that's the thing. And that's the thing, too, is like, you know, I fished, Oka- I fished down in Florida. I fished Carolina. I've never fished Santee Cooper. Um, I fished Missouri, you know, out the table. I, I fished a pretty good region of, of bodies of water. Um, but going into this NPFL t- uh, schedule, so stop one was Pickwick. We got Wright Patman in, in Texarkana, Santee Cooper in South Carolina, Saginaw Bay up in uh, Bay City, Michigan. And then we got Lake Eufaula, Oklahoma, and then Lake Lanier in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that schedule, I'm like, 
I have no history. I mean, got it. I, trust me, history is the, uh, would 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 help. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I'm going off of what I, I know how to fish. I, I know how to catch fish. I know how to find fish. And you know, playing your electronics, you know, it all comes together. Like I'm going out there with a clean slate. I'm not fishing history, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm really looking forward to this schedule. Like if you'd have to ask me. Which one I was looking forward to, I'd have said pick quick. <laughs> maybe you Not learned a lot more, more than uh, you knew, though. What's that? I said maybe you learned a lot more than than you thought you were going to learn. You know? Oh, uh, I would, I would, I would love. I, I even was talking to Brennan Perkins too, the guy who won. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so congratulations to Brennan Perkins if you guys aren't tracking, but yeah, he, yeah. he went out there and won. Um, but um, I'm trying to get down there in June to do some ledge fishing with them out there. Um, May or June, so yeah. Well, that's, make sure you bring an extra life preserver because I'll be with you. Just so. The, <laughs> so come on. Just just to speak on that, like when you get to the level NPFL, BPT, elites, those guys all help each other. You see Carl Jockinson oh. fish with all those guys. You know, you see them fishing together in the off season, teaching folks strengths uh, that yep. they have that they others might not have. We talk about it all the time. Those guys are serious about growing the sport when it's time to grow the sport. Local level guys talk about growing it until it's time to grow it. So if you're a local level guy watching this, don't be afraid to take somebody you fish against yeah. and teach them something that you know that they might not be good at. You might learn something from them too, because no nobody yeah. has it mastered. So and I've and I know Patrick Walters, uh, you hear I hear guys in the MPFL talk about it all the time, like he'll answer any questions for you guys that you might have, give you any advice, let let guys know what's going on. So yep. think about that, local guys. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm calling you out specifically because <laughs> yeah. we sit all the time. You don't even want to say, oh, yeah, I caught some fish. What would you catch them on? Oh, so- a soft plastic. Man, nobody's going to go catch your fish. <laughs> was it a brush so, hog? Like, just tell me, was it a brush hog? Were you, were you wacky rigging and Senko? I don't care. Yeah. But And then you get to that level, and they're putting you in the boat and taking you out and teaching you how to fish because they want to compete against the best, right? So Everybody I'm wants to win. That because, I'm glad you said that because my wife just told me yesterday because I got a good buddy from – Lake of the Ozarks, he called and checked up on me yesterday and stuff. And and uh, she was like, man, he gave me some, uh, now that the tournament was over, now I could get some, you know, what happened and what I should have done, probably, you know, put in the game plan. And she's like, you know, though, she's like, you give so much credit, like you give so much advice. Like you go out and practice and you come back and you all link. And you, Josh, you're the only one that's saying, yeah, they're over, you know, they're firing on a, on a brush hog or a square bill or, or, or whatever. She's like, you got to stop. But I, I told her, like, that's not who I I, mm-hmm. I want to fish against the best. Like, if you know what I mean? Like, that's – I'm again, I'm not a Patrick Walter. I'm not claiming to be a, a Jacob Wheeler by no means or Brandon Pullman. But if I ever get to that level, I want to make sure that I'm fishing against the best. And they, you know, they're ready to go. And those guys know it. That's why they help you. I mean, they, don't, they're the, yeah. so they have that same mentality. It's like we talk yeah. about all the time. You hear – Guys in local tournaments complain because a local pro jumps in. I'm telling you right now, a local pro jumps in the tournament. I'm fishing, not finishing above them. Nobody's ever going to hear the end of that. Dude, when Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike Corbisley, uh, I fished against him um, on Falls Lake a, a couple weeks ago. He came in with a, a mega bag, He, I, but, he, but he placed 13th, yep. you know, and I placed 51st. Man, I was happy about that 51st. I had 87 people, and I touched Falls Lake in three years. But I'm also the same as you, Josh. Like, 
I, I don't care. I'll tell anybody that yeah, Nirvana colored wacky rig Cinco's how I caught them uh, on on Kerr Lake yesterday. Right, I yep. didn't catch a single fish, by the way. Uh, that's what he threw. This, so yeah, that's what I that. threw. Uh, but my, but my partner, that's what he caught him on, right? And we didn't put the pieces of the puzzle together until about noon. Um, and people ask me, "What'd you catch him on?" Uh, uh, the stupidest bait that exists: a wacky rigged <laughs> stick bait. Right? Better competition will make you a better angler. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I don't ever hang my head low, and I, I got to keep beating myself up to make sure I stay. Because PMA, positive mental attitude, briefs well. It's how do you do that, right? So yeah. that I'm, I'm, I know that we're all excited to see uh, the MPFL keep going this year, and uh, we definitely want to revisit, um, you know, some of your some of your post tournament stuff, and then some of the other stuff that the Army Outdoors well, team that, has to they, offer. So you start. You said in May. Do you go by Dan or Daniel? Dan, Daniel. Dan. I mean, okay, good, good way to ask that about an hour and a half yeah, in the episode. Well, he's, been, <laughs> he's been uh, he's been hopping up all the he, BFL questions, so this is my first chance. So your first one is uh, you said coming up in May. What what what's the rest of your schedule look like for the year? Um, so a good thing that I get to experience is actually I travel with Josh to the MPFL. Oh, nice. So like Pickwick, like I was on the water all six days. I wasn't fishing during the tournament, but I got to do some fishing during his practice days. So I'm getting better during those times also, and I can experience all the different water season beyond. That's awesome. Um, but May, Shelbyville, uh, June, we're in Lake. We go back to Shelbyville in July. Then August is uh, Paducah on the Ohio mm-hmm. River. Okay, yeah. But Pickwick was the first river system I ever fished. Okay. So uh, Paducah, can- or Kentucky, with the Ohio River is, in- is a different river system. So. Yep. Fun on that, and then Kentucky Lake for the uh, the super the two day. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Kentucky Lake. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm looking forward to Ring Lake. Yeah, the redemption. Redemption. Yeah, I got one scoreboard. I got a, it was a two fifteen, and the two other ones I caught were too small to score. I got you. So I'm looking for redemption on Ren Lake. You got some hard fisheries, dude. So I was gonna, I was, I was gonna bring this up at some point. One, I was gonna ask how the fishing was at Knox, especially if you're driving four hours. But mm-hmm. I did the best bass lake at every state a couple years ago for TikTok videos, and when I got to Illinois, it was a little difficult trying to find the best lake <laughs> at Illinois. <laughs> um, and I know Kentucky Lake, it's I think is rebounding and all. But I was gonna ask how's the fix, fishing at Knox, so. My wife, if she ever gets stationed there, I can know. No, let's go someplace else. <laughs> so, like, you have you have a couple lakes here: uh, Lake Nolan, uh, Rough, um, Rough, Rough River, Cumberland. You have Cumberland, which mm-hmm. I'm naming the smaller ones right now. So you have Lake Nolan, Rough River. They all got your your you know you can lay into like a six pounder or mm-hmm. so. I haven't caught a six pounder. I've been here for eight months and I haven't caught one yet. Um, Biggest one I think it was like four and a half here in, on those smaller lakes. But then I've been so busy I haven't even got to make it back down to Cumberland. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Del Hollow, not too far. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You have I'm missing out. But when you say not too far, what does that mean? Two so, hours, three hours, two, and two hour. hours. Like it'd be no difference in me driving to Table Rock from Portland. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, that's like Fort Bragg, man. Like you, you can drive the yak and chain. You can dr- drive to to Kerr two hours for each of those. So yeah, we're yeah. really spoiled being yeah. right here. There's you so know many- that Josh. Like, and I don't know Dan if you if you were ever stationed at Fort Bragg, but we are in a good spot oh, here I'm for missing. fishing. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and that's why I'll never leave. So uh, unless somebody forces me to. So what? We talked about what's next with the MPFL. We talked about what's next with the BFLs. What's next for the Army Outdoor team? Since its inception with the Army fishing side of it, what do you? what's your vision and where this is going to go? So our vision, we're talking with our battalion, with our brigade to, to increase our TDA to four, minimum four personnel. Uh, and the other two guys we're talking about bringing on are going to cover that other side of the that Josh talked about the, the hunting side, the white tailed deer, the archery side to be able to tag into um, those expos and, and that community. Cause obviously we're the fishing side for them to focus in on the hunting. Um, but to kind of continue what we're doing, keeping it at the professional level, the NPFL, and then just keep pushing forward. So, yeah, like, like I was saying earlier, like, my goal, like the vision is just like Daniel said, is to keep doing what we're doing. But the most importantly is that we're only two people. Uh, you're talking of, you know, millions of people out there, millions of, you know, potential recruits out there to uh, expose them on the opportunities that the Army has to offer. Uh, so my biggest thing is expanding our team, uh, finding a way to, uh, you know, bring in, you know, two more, four more, six more that like he said, like, to reach out to the um, the other fields of outdoors. Okay. That's awesome, man. And how do people learn more about, is there anything specific like people can learn more? Yeah. So, so like Daniel said earlier, like, cause we are, so they asked like, how long has the outdoor team been around? And this is what I tell them. Like the outdoor team has been around for two and a half years, right? Two and a half years. So what happened was is that the outdoor team partnered up with major league fishing about two years ago and was like their title sponsor for the high school and the collegiate level. Right. And so that the outdoor team was more of a, like a static display, answer questions of, you know, Hey, you want to learn about the army? Here are some opportunities that you can do in the outdoors whenever you're stationed at A, B, C, and D. Um, I tell everybody that yes, the outdoor team has been around for two and a half years, but, the momentum that has gotten the traction that has gotten since the last nine to 12 months is crazy. Like my phone don't stop. Like people are like, Holy cow, what is this about? Like you guys were just saying, like, I didn't know about this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's getting the momentum. Um, but uh, I just forgot what I was just going to say. <laughs> He's thinking about that government phone bill. My bo- my phone hasn't stopped. <laughs> you, uh, uh, yeah. Keep carrying that momentum. Basically. I hit, yeah, I hit my head a couple of times on, on some jokes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I just I, yeah. I totally forgot what I said. <laughs> you, 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 yeah, I mean it's nine months, eight nine months of your you know a competitor you know competitors going out, which I would imagine would help bring more if there is also static okay. booths would help bring more people in because we know how it is. You know, we go expos and all, and yes. they'll have different groups, and there's not a lot of traffic to probably the, the army outdoors and, and we see it with some of the other veterans groups throughout mm-hmm. there's not necessarily always a lot of traffic and sometimes they stick them in the back someplace right mm-hmm. where no one can find them and and but having you know an actual athlete 
one of the you know a competitor or an angler there would probably help you know start the conversation a little yeah, bit more absolutely it does because like whenever we go to these expos we're not wearing our ocp we're not wearing our uniform like we're civilian attire like kids do not like uniform they don't they don't um they, they, they're scared they're timid from them um but like i put the jersey on they're like oh hey who is this and i'm yeah. like hey man my name's josh and i do this in the army they're like whoa are you kidding me and then i talk <laughs> about how i talk about my story like how i got here over the last 18 months or 18 years um but i did remember what i was uh, talking about like so because we're so new my plan is to grow, like we were saying, but grow our at-large team, like your buddy, Trey, like Charles, mm-hmm. like trying to get him on this at-large team. But what I'm afraid of is just like anything in the army, like you don't want to send out an op order that's an op order that's inc- incomplete. Like yeah. you, you want to have everything in dial before you start pumping information out and saying, hey, this is what the, this is what it looks like. So I'm, I'm still in the work in progress, a process of that. Uh, I have a couple of guys – you know a Michael King? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's gonna be on part of our at large members. Um, but yeah, so like our, our goal is to grow our at large team Sweet. so that they can help us. Awesome. That's awesome. The at large team will be like your your proxy force, right? To go out there and and spread more of the message and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool, man. And I'll tell you what. I'm not on the Army Outdoor at large team, but I'll go out there and spread the message, and I do all the time, uh, especially at these local events. So, And there's, I mean, we are surrounded by vets and, and active duty in the fishing world, but there's a, there's still a, a large part of the uh, the people that just don't know about it. So, And, that, yeah. and that's what we're here to do. And that's why we started this, uh, this podcast series, because it's extremely educational. That's what we want to do is inform the people. Um, and, and get the good word out there. Uh, before we jump to plugs and sponsors or anything, gentlemen, you got anything? No, I think, you know, I, I've really enjoyed the conversation tonight. And it's, I learned a lot of stuff about what's going on new in the Army with the outdoor team and looking forward to seeing you, your guys' continued success. And hopefully that are, we'll see that at large team relatively soon. Yeah. 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 I'm the same. I, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing everything because, like, like we've all said, we didn't know anything about it here recently. So getting getting educated and and now you know we can help share that message when folks come up because a lot of, a lot of people do come up and say, hey, you know, thank you for your service to these guys that served and and we appreciate being a veteran owned and so we have an opportunity to to help talk about you guys and let people know, hey, maybe maybe run down to that army booth and have a talk with Josh and Daniel. They that's can right. tell you some really cool stuff that's going on and yeah. some some potential opportunities for you. So. Right. I'm not a recruiter. I've never been a recruiter. Don't want to be a recruiter. Um, but yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like that, that's what, uh, that's what I'm here for is like to give them my experience and, and what I've learned, you know, with the army. Um, but before I forget you guys, um, so the golden Knights down there at Fort mm-hmm. Bragg, they, they belong to the marketing engagement. Brigade. They, they have their own battalion, right? Okay. Well, they fall under the marketing engagement brigade. And I happened to meet the Star major at a couple of events and some of the, some of the parachutists, um, but we're also we're working on trying to get the Army Outdoor team out there to go visit some of the Golden Knights and stuff. So if that happens, I would love to link up with you guys and maybe spend a day out with Sharon Harris or Jordan. Absolutely. Or yeah, we'll make That's that happen awesome. for sure. Yeah. Pete, Pete wants yeah. to get you on Sharon yeah, Harris. Yeah, I'm taking my favorite leg in all North Carolina. <laughs> Pete, uh, What's that? Pete, Pete hates – well, I, I shouldn't say hate. That's I such hate a strong Harris. word. No, I'll okay. say I hate He it. hates Sharon Harris. But I live 15 <laughs> minutes away from Cross Point Boat Ramp and stuff. So, you know, and – 
that that's important Man, like warriors on the water got me into this right years ago and that doesn't exist yeah. anymore so we got to figure out other creative ways to get people not only young kids interested in the military especially with the opportunities that has to offer but military people interested in bass fishing the outdoor industry because it has a lot to offer especially from the mental and resiliency I was gonna side. Say that and you know trey trey ben and myself Obviously, your military experience and stuff you see deployed. I've seen stuff on the home front in my years as a paramedic. We realize how healing fishing is and how it can help you cope with, you know, the the tra- traumas of your past. So that's sure. something we're passionate about and, uh, you know, trying to figure out ways to get folks on the water. So, uh, yeah, if you get down here, we'll go. I'll, I'll put my boat in that cursed Sharon Harris, I guess. <laughs> we can go to Georgia. Pete's going to do it. We can. uh hey, did they kill out all the lily pads out past that bridge? Uh, I bet Shh, it's all gone now. We'll talk about it. We'll that. talk about no, it. <laughs> I can't say that. We're talking about educating people, and I'm yes, saying the pads so, are still there. So the 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 answer is uh, all of the vegetation, like the hydrilla and everything, is gone. However, there is some shoreline grass growing. North Carolina Wildlife is trying to do their best at creating habitat for the fishery. Um, they're, you know, they've cut down trees and there's posted signs around the lake that say, this is fish habitat, please do not disturb. So they're kind of trying to turn it into a lot of Jordan laydown scenarios that you would see. And then additionally, there are pads. Like I was out there last weekend. Uh, I didn't catch a single fish, man. I watched a nine pounder get caught right in front of me. It was just one of those interesting situations, right? But there are pads growing from left to right in the back of some of these coves and that's really promising and then they do have some habitat fenced off where they're trying to replant some vegetation and look like it was uh it spoiled the anglers here right on harris because you could fish it anywhere shallow all year long i mean my two my personal best bass came out of sharon harris it's few far in between that i'll catch a seven plus pound class fish out of that lake now um, the, the bigger ones, you, you have a better chance on Jordan and falls and catching them. But yeah, short answer, there's vegetation, hopefully. And you see that, right? You guys see that through fishing, like lakes go in, in ebbs and ebbs and flows. Like they're cyclic. Can, yeah. yeah. They're, they're cyclic. So, um, but we definitely want to get you guys out there. If you're down at the Fort Bragg mm-hmm. area, we'll, we'll get you on the we'll water. We'll get you 100%. in the studio too. And, uh, we'll That's do right. another one of these and talk about how your seasons are going or yeah. have gone That's depending cool. on when it is. So we appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you so much for your service. Um, We look forward to seeing you the rest of the season, both on the BFL side and the MPFL side. And, uh, you know, folks, check them out. National Professional Fishing League, Master Sergeant Josh Watkins, and Bass Fishing League, Sergeant First Class Daniel Hodge. Appreciate you guys' support. Before we log all the way off, though, why don't you all, any other sponsors that help you guys, uh, you know, do this because it can't just be the army. Yeah, we know there's got to be some other folks that, you know, provide discounts or help you help you with that gear. Go ahead and uh, plug those, and then your own socials if you wanna want to grow your following as well. Make sure you get those out there. Just go ahead and thank the American taxpayers. We know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Most importantly, um, um, because of who we are and what we and what we do, um, we we are affiliated with with the United States Army. Um, I'll talk to offline on my own. So whenever I wear the army Jersey, I belong to the army. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's all I can cover here. I mean, I just, no, that's fair. Thank my wife. Yeah. Thank my wife and my family and, and you guys for allowing us to get out here and pitch our message and, and our mission. And, um, 
Yeah, please follow along and see how this journey is. It's it's a emotional roller coaster right now. So I did not have all intention. You know, nobody wants to get last. Nobody wants to finish in the backpack of that tournament or anything like that. But like, I had high hopes. Like, like I said, if you ask me, I had high hopes for Pickwick, but. We're going to turn it around. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to Texas Canada now, and we'll see what happens. So. Thank you. Stay optimistic and uh, keep in the good fight. Thank you, gentlemen. Yep. Appreciate you. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. feel like it's going to be a bad day.